<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. I was a child. I was a kid in a home that went to church. And then I fell off, I would say, in my road to Damascus, which is super Christian reference. Um, but it really was. I, I fell off into my desert where um, I didn't, I didn't believe. Mm. Um, and I know that people are watching this are probably gonna be shocked because there's only a couple of people that I, I talked to um, about it in that phase where I went off and and tried to live in a day and world where I just didn't pray, didn't want to talk to God. Everything that happened, I, I wasn't, I wasn't praying for a way out. I wasn't praying for perspective. I wasn't praying for insight. I was just trying to view it from how the world's supposed to view it as, you know. And and come to find out, like, um, I went through that revelation in my life where I was like, as much as I tried to live my life away from who God was, who Christ was, and what I grew up to know Christ and God as. I couldn't. I couldn't. The joy of children laughing around These are makings of you It is true The makings of you This is nice though. But hey, <laughs> thank you man, thank you. Nice. <laughs> so Let's do it. Um, three, two, one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, beautiful people. It's your host, Drake, B. Drake with Everything Culture, and we're back with another Makings of You. And once again, this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening or watching, we have the great, the genuine, like the humble, you know, the 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 the, the strong, the kind. You know, hardworking, you know, this talented, talented brother, Paul Saley. What's good, Paul? How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Thank you for having me on, man. Um, like I said, like we were just saying, um, it's, it's, I look at this like a true blessing to, to connect with you because um, I, I admire you, man. Like, truly admire you and, and how you connect with people. And you really you really go the lengths to, to know people. Not just to know them, but to to truly know them, and um, to connect with them in sense and and bring that out. That's that's a gift, man. So thank you, thank you for 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 even 
considering having me on here, man. All right, bro, you, <laughs> you ain't about to have me crying on here, yeah. man. Because <laughs> that's truly the goal, the, the, the not just connect with me, but to connect with the world. We need to connect with one another. Yeah, That's what I think I see. We see have so much separation in society, and it's just so simple just to have a conversation, get to know one another. Mm-hmm. So as, you know, the Lord sees fit for me to step in this world and use the gifts that he given me yeah. to bring us together. That's why I think it's a true goal to seek him first. But mm-hmm. we, we, we go, we go get into that, yeah. you know, but once again, ever since we, since I've been here in Seattle, since, since I've met Paul and, you know, where our places where we know each other and I like, man, hearing your story, hearing your experience, it's like, wow. Wow. And it is every time I look up more and more and when I'm able to introduce you to new people, I'm like, y'all just don't know like a quarter of this person. So I'm just like, really, this is a pleasure. It's all my guests. I'm grateful to have them and I'm grateful to have you. But today we're doing the makings of Paul. So, (laughs) Paul, you ready? Yeah. Yep. Okay. (laughs) So first question we have for you. How would you describe yourself? Oh, man. a loaded question um first of all you know i'm a i'm a flawed person um and and even even knowing that i'm a flawed person i know that there's some good and and i just want to be good um be good as in not a sense of limelight or or what people perceive me as but Good in a sense is in how I'm called to be and who I'm called to be, um, despite flaws, despite you know things that I've been through. The flaws make me want to be good, mm. um, so I can't look at flaws bad. Um, but it's something to reflect on that allowed me to connect with other people, um, so that in a sense. To live the most authentic life, to to love each person and communicate with them, you know, the best that that I can, um, and that's a deep reflection in me where I have to realize that the flaws in me are, are flaws, but at the same time, even even those things could be used for good, and and God definitely brings that out to to, to show me that and to humble me quick. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, to describe who I am is 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 hard. Um, and and other than that, I'm a I'm a child of God, man. So <laughs> um, I, I'll say that uh, first and foremost. But but child first, um, always being a child, um, and and that's something I'm continuing to learn every day, man. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's that. I mean. Other than that, there's there's nothing else that's special about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Thank you. Thank you. It felt like you was with us in church this morning. We were talking about your traumas or your injuries can make you into a weapon, but you should be an instrument. You know, yeah. you got to use these things that, you know, once again, hey, you know, usually on the makers, I don't get into all this, but with you, I am. Mm-hmm. But especially to think about it, even with Jesus, you got to understand when he came back, when he was resurrection, he was recognized by his injuries. He was weaponized mm-hmm. by his flaws. Mm-hmm. That's how they knew it was really it was really him. That was because of what he went through. He could show you, like, put your hand, finger through my hand. Yeah. Hey, this is really me. Yeah. So 
what you're going through is really you and people need to see you for who you are. So we go get into that with the makings of Paul once again. <laughs> so how would you do Well, what cultures do you represent? Oh man. Um, that's a loaded question too. You have a lot of those. Um, you know, culture-wise, like from from my background of of just me and 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 um, how I've been raised in my family. You know, I'm I'm a child. I'm the I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest child of um of three, um, well four actually. I'm sorry. Um, and which out of immigrants, um, my parents. Uh, they're Mian, so I'm Mian. Uh, I'm half Mian, I'm half Laos, and um, that's that's become a. It's the value. I want to say value. It's a better word. Um, what that means to me, um, it's continued to grow over the years. Um, it's grown over the years because as I as I even even as myself like digging more into the history of of the Mian. Um, and especially my parents and, and how they how they came to America and, and all the struggles that they had to go through um, and the men and how they struggled and, and what they had to go through time and time again. There's a lot of trauma in that. Mm. Um, and it made me dig deep to to figure out what are some parts of me that stem from 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 that generational trauma. Mm. Um, other than that, like I, I, I'm men. And um, culture, man, I'm I'm about everything, honestly. Um, I was raised in a very diverse environment, and um, I had friends and and people that I connected with that were outside of my culture, outside of the people that um, outside of my family, you know, mm-hmm. outside of people that looked like me, uh, outside of. Um, the things that I believed, whether it came to even faith, outside of the things that I just grew up knowing, and um, and it just it taught me to love all of that because it it really shaped me into to who I am and who who I'm continuing to progress to be. You know, a lot of my mentors, you know, they're they're not they're not Asian descent. Mm. You know, uh, some of the people that made the most impact in my life were were, were black, Mexican. You know. Um, of, of every culture so it's it's crazy because all these people uh, and and their upbringings and their stories like they they shape me um into being me but then also in in how i want to reach out and, and connect with 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 other diverse cultures as well other other people that are close to me or um when i say community it's like we have direct community indirect community uh, whether it be uh where we're at in our environment when it comes to work um, or where we're just at every day or even people that we're in close contact with uh, more than other people. Um, and I, I think that's so important and it is such a, such a blessing and a gift to, to be able to be around all that and to witness it and, and, and to pour into each, each person, each people, each, you know, the community that we're around and, and how we could help them grow as much as how they pour into us and help us grow. Wow. Absolutely. Oh, oh. Hey, I hope y'all listening. I hope y'all are listening. This is much of why we do what we do, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so where are you from? Where am I from? Ooh. Um, 
I was born in California. Okay. In okay. Central California, very small, very, very small hick town. All right. Um, it's called Visalia, California. Population at that time was probably like 80,000 people. Dang. Okay. Very, very conservative. Um, and then I moved up to Seattle when I was one. So I was barely baby, moved up here um, and lived here until I was 11 and then moved back down to Central Cali. So yeah. I would say I'm. I'm from just the West Coast uh, <laughs> my whole life. So what do you represent? Oh, man. I represent the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy because um, it's like half my life was half my life was here and then half my life was in Cali. And then now, like moving back and then spending, I guess, however long I'm going to be here in Seattle until, until I'm called to go somewhere else. I feel that. I feel that. Um, do you mind sharing your age with us? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I, I don't mind. I don't okay. Mind. Uh, <laughs> um, guess. No, I'm kidding. Um, I am 32. 1990. Shut up. 90s, baby. Like, I can look it up. I always thought you were so much younger just because oh, you got that energy, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I, always, I always had that child spirit in me. I always have it. Yes, and you did say that. You <laughs> did say that. Oh, man. So what's your sign? Sign, like like, uh, like Zodiac? Yeah, sign? yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Gemini. May. Really? May 31st. Okay, okay, okay. My wife is a Gemini, you oh. know. You know, lean into it, you know. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't seen your split personality, but I know you got one if you got one. That's new to me, too. You know that? The whole Zodiac thing? Really? I've never been... I've never, like, looked into it as much. But um, it's pretty big up here. See, I, meet, I meet people and it's like... It's big. <laughs> and once you got to... Well, you know, I'm not too much into it, but I realize that's the interest of a lot of folks, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was tired. And, you know, your birthday's a birthday, but it's a re- relatability. I used to say, I always find a little interest because people can guess mine so easily. I'm like, how do you know that? It's your personality. And I'm like, shut up. Okay. But <laughs> but it's something I always like to put into the show. So okay, maybe okay. somebody can at least think they know a little bit more about you. So you said a little bit already, but can you share a bit about your childhood and upbringing with us? Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad that I did some counseling, some therapy. <laughs> For sure, though. Um, a child and an upbringing. There was a lot of trauma. Um, and I never knew that. I think that's the thing, too, in, in the Asian cultures. We just don't talk about that. Um and and I still yet to wait um, to be able to talk with my parents um, more about that. I think it's so interesting because even with my siblings, you know, I, I love my siblings. I do. I love my family. Um, but maturing and 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 looking back over the years. It makes me even. It makes me love them even more because I think it's it's often so we we often miss it that we can grow up in the same household 
but the experiences and the traumas are, are totally different. Mm. Um, and it made me dig deep because uh, I went through a lot of things, but but not just me, not just me. Everyone, my sister, uh, my brother, and um, for me, I, I guess I, I'll get more personal about about my childhood. I, I went through an event in my life, and I'm okay with sharing it now because I've done a lot of work um, to to progress, uh, to progress through the events that have happened in my life. Yeah. Um, I will eventually overcome, but I say I like saying progress because. There's a part of me that that likes digging deep and 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 visiting those those events and that experience and, and the pain because it, it shaped me and allowed me to be strong. Um, so my my parents they were working a lot since you know when we were kids. So we didn't we didn't really see them. I I didn't really see my parents that much. Um, I never really had a strong relationship with my parents as a child um, to my teen years. And, and and even young adult years, it was tough, but it was a learning. It was a learning process, and and it all started uh, from you know my grandparents raising my siblings and I, and my grandfather was like my father. Mm. Um, he was my hero, and um, man, I remember. It's crazy. I remember a lot of the times as a child growing up with him, and. And how how his actions and who he was and, and the things that he did, um, it really I wanted to be like that. Yeah. You know, I wanted I wanted I wanted to love my family, um, my siblings, even kids, or you know, if if and when when that happens, to love and to believe in them. You know. So my grandpa passed away when I was eight and that was pretty traumatic to me because I didn't believe that he died mm. um, and I don't remember this but my siblings tell me this all the time they were saying that there was a year that I didn't talk like I didn't speak I may have spoke some things just acknowledged but I just didn't talk as much and and I, I remember parts of it but um but after that, um, I was I was molested. I was you know I went through an experience and uh, yeah I, I was uh, I was molested as a child. Shortly after that, mm. I was nine and a half, and as I piece you know the past together and, and work through those things, it makes a lot of sense and why I was quiet, uh, why I didn't speak a lot, and. Um, how those events cascaded into how I was trying to grow um, as a kid. And then um, how that continued to snowball into how I was a teen and how that um, grew even bigger into when, when, you know, when I was a young adult and then going through anxiety and depression that I never understood until I took account and, and, you know, sought to seek help. So I was like, you know what? Like, so these things that were going on in my life, like, that's not regular. Like, the things that I felt, the anxiety, the depression, like, everyone doesn't feel like that. Um, and 
again, like I was saying, the past, um, when we go back to the past and all those things that, that, that hurt us, especially me, like in that time where I was most vulnerable, um, looking for people to, to trust people to love me and, and to help me to, to find my innocence again when I was a kid and how to make friends without being a people pleaser. Um, because at that time, that's, that's what I was trying to do as a kid was trying to please people so that I could hopefully trust someone to, to, to be able to share my pain with and, and for them to lift me up out of it. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I would say it's, it's crazy because even now, um, you know, through the years of working through it, I dig back deep and it's like, man, I missed out on a lot of my childhood um, because I didn't know how to operate. Honestly, like I was just, I was just operating. I was just living, yeah. like I, existing. Yeah, I was just yeah. existing. Um, I wasn't living. So, yeah, my up, my upbringing was like cloudy. It's it's real cloudy. It's um, I think back. There's good times for sure. There's always good times. Good times with families and 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 close friends. Very valuable memories, but a lot of it was was very cloudy because it felt like I was living. Well, it felt like I was existing and 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 trying to understand everything that I went through and why, mm-hmm. uh, why it happened and. And if I should talk about it, if I should tell my parents about it, um, because I didn't want it to damage them, or if I should just dug it out, just tough it out and and just say, you know what, like they happened, but I'm gonna keep on keeping on because because I still gotta live. Um, so from from yeah, nine and a half all the way to man. Even my young adult years after high school uh, was was me just trying to figure out my place as a person, who I was as a person, identity as a person, and and how I could live to be myself authentically um, without trying to please people, without trying to find um, ways to to fit into people's life or for people to fit in mine. But it's it's a lot better now. So I think that's that's what really revived me um, to give me that child spirit is because, you know, even as I mature in age, I feel like I'm able to go back and live those parts of me that I feel like I've missed, like mm. those cloudy parts. Like I'm starting to see some, some, some clarity. I'm starting to see uh, some peace and, and to make peace with it um, yeah. and, and to know that like, whatever happened in my past and, and those events that have happened, like, it's not okay. No, like, it's not okay. No one, no, no nine-year-old should, no, no one, not even nine-year-old, like, no one should ever go through that. Um, but going through that and then being able to still live today, uh, I, I exist. Yeah, I exist in the world, but I, I live today knowing that, like, I'm actually happy. Like, I can wake up and know that today's another opportunity to live and, and I'm blessed for it, despite despite the flaws, despite the past, and and um, just just grow and hopefully use that story to hope, hopefully encourage and, and empower other people who were victims, 
or or who are trying to make an understanding of of their past as well. Man, oh, <laughs> I'm trying to pull back, man. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. I'm gonna give you the biggest hug after this, man. <laughs> Embracing. We, you know, we talked a little bit before this, but how you know we give each other our flowers, but. Somehow, some way, you always like I said that earlier. You always impress me, just the person who you are, and once again, going from existing to living, and you know, once again, knowing who you are and believing in life, and once again, not saying you're fully healed, but you're making progress through it. That means a lot, and absolutely, this is powerful. You know, the testimony that you have in life is is. It's an example of the world. You know, a lot of people going through trauma and things and the work I've been through, but you are here in the year 2023 and you are successful in what a lot of people may not recognize. <laughs> but trust me, you are. But so, and, and you're able to share with us, and I'm so grateful to have you here on a whole nother level. You feel me? So thank you again. And oh my gosh. And we gonna keep things going because yeah. I'm like, man, seriously, I'm like, I, I put my clinics up. I was like, I ain't gonna need that. I wasn't the world, yeah. like. <laughs> but seriously, um, you mentioned about your parents worked a lot, and you have your um, you're the you're a sibling out of four. You're the youngest out of the four. Um, so what were the roles of your caregivers? What were the roles you had? Your grandparents, and you had your parents, and you had those siblings. So what was the roles in the household? Um. You know, when we were kids, my, my grandparents would take us to school. Um, a lot of a lot of my friends growing up, they thought that my grandparents were my parents. <laughs> yeah. um, they thought my mom was my sister. And my dad, you know, he would pop up every now and then. And, and you know, they knew that he was my dad. Uh, just because he just had that authority figure, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. Um, my sister, uh, my sister Angela, she... She took care of, of, of my brother and I. Um, and yeah, it was, like I said, each each one of us were just living together, but just total separate lives. And and um, yeah, my sister, she was the most most responsible one, sure, because she's the oldest. Um, and, and my brother and I, you know, we, we were just kids. We play games and, uh, and you know, he's now, um, you know, he's, he's a big role model to me. Um, I, I wish to be half the man that he is, um, as, you know, as a, as a role model to, to the church, um, to, to people that he's connected with in the community and, um, as a husband and as a father, you know, he's just, he's a, he's a well put together dude and he's just responsible and disciplined and, um, yeah, me, I was just reckless. I was the black sheep of the family. I was getting in trouble. So I was just um No way. I was mischievous, yeah. I was uh I was a troubling child. <laughs> um yeah, my grandma, uh she she was I, I love my grandma. Um yeah, she always, you know, her and my grandpa always take care of us and and, and I just loved being around them. Uh, I love being I was with them almost every day when I was a kid. Wow, wow. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. You relate so much to it, too, man. Absolutely value it. So, how do you feel about your education and life? Ooh. 
I'm glad that we're bringing this up. <laughs> I think it surprises it surprises some people um, at my job or where I'm working, or even people that I connect with uh, professionally or just connect with. And I don't want to say professionally because I'm not a professional at all. Um, but I guess people who are in deeper in their careers or, or you know, established. Um, I, growing up, I guess since I was a kid, I didn't do well in school. Um, and, and it was hard because a long time I would think, is this just because I'm dumb? Like, am I dumb? And like some of the, some of the teachers have told me, I remember this clearly as a, as a kid too. Some of the teachers told me like how they don't understand how I don't understand. Mm. Um, and how I just wasn't as smart as some other kids when I'm supposed to be because I'm some Asian. Mm. And and that stuck with me. So for a long time, I believed that I was just dumb. I made it by with with C's and D's. When D's back then were okay with like getting to the next grade, I had D's because I was like, okay, I just need to get a D. And that's it. I never thought about getting A. It was just like, it's going to get a D. You know, and 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 get C's or whatever. C's to me were like, okay, cool. Like I should do good. And I'm going to the next grade. Um, but that's how it was when I was young. And, and to to look back and realize I wasn't. It's not that I was dumb. It's not that I was. I wasn't disciplined or smart. It was just because there was a lot of trauma going on at, at that time in my life for me to focus on anything else. That I was just showing up and just making it by. Um, so, education wise. I, have a, I graduated from high school. Um, I went to a junior college um, to do my two-year. And to even think about what I wanted to do, I guess I was just doing it because, um, you know, my friends were doing it. My, the, the girl I was dating at the time, she was really smart. And and I wanted to keep up with her, you know. <laughs> so I did that. And then I ended up dropping out, dropping out of... Um, college um again because i i went back and resorted to those thoughts of like man maybe i'm just dumb um but i never i never really fully understood it wasn't it wasn't that I was dumb it was just because i didn't really have time to think about what i really wanted to do um so it's funny because even now like a lot later on in my life i'm read i read so many books and and um, I study so many lectures on on psychology, uh, some psychotherapists, and and you know, uh, neurophysicists, and just a lot of things. And and I truly believe that it's it's not it's not because I was dumb. It's just because I just didn't have that time to really to really focus on all those things when I was a kid. So yeah, that's that's as far as education. Um, I have my certifications. I have a couple certifications and like. You know, personal training and and three, 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 three certifications in nutrition, um, but no, no college degree. Mm. And it's absolutely okay over here. <laughs> you say that. Let me say that. Thank you so much. If y'all are tuning in, y'all are listening to the makings of Paul Saley with Everything Culture. Y'all make sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, especially on that share, leave a comment and, you know, shout out to our guests, man. Thank you, Paul, first and foremost, for real. Thank you. Man, so 
what was your first sense of responsibility in life? First sense of responsibility. So I've always helped my, my parents out with any type of family businesses that they had. Um, from the time when I was 13, 14. So we always done a lot of, I've always done a lot of like hard work, physical work, physical labor work. Um, and so from the time I was about 13 and a half, 14, um, I would either do some, some landscaping or some, you know, side building projects with my dad, whether it be, you know, make some fixtures to the house, just learning how to do things, learning how to, to be a, a semi craftsman or just yeah. be able to, you know, D D Y I some stuff um, to fix. Um, after that, you know, we, we had a ranch. <laughs> okay, okay. We had a ranch and, um, I was helping them always work that, either, um, and, and we slaughtered, you know, livestock. So I was doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just trying to be responsible as, as a son, um, being obedient to, to my mother and my father. So whenever they, they asked of things, um, I just did it without any questions. And to me at that time, that's what I understood as responsibility was like being able to do something when I'm, when I'm told, but then also being able to do something because I know that I can do something Mm. and I should do something. Mm. (laughs) So, um, that was, that was that. Um, and I would say my responsibility in, in, in myself, um, I guess this is going back to childhood too, was, um, like I said, I grew up in a very diverse community and, and had friends from every culture when I lived up here, um, until I was 12. And, and when I moved to California into a very small hick town called Exeter, um, that sounds like a city in Texas. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a small farming rural town, a population like four or five thousand people, mm-hmm. and my family was the only Asian family. And I was in a school full of predominantly, you know, white people, so I was bullied around a lot, and um, I didn't understand it at first because you know coming from here, where I had friends from every culture. I had you know black friends, white friends, Mexican friends, like just Asian friends, everything. So yeah. going over there it was different where I was isolated. I was by myself, nobody wanted to be my friend and, and coming to find out like, you know, people were racist, you know, towards me and I was like, Okay, I don't you know, this is new to me, so like 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 what's going on? It made me think about again about going into that that shell of like people pleasing or until I was like, nah, man, like this ain't right. And it 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 triggered something just really scary in me. Um, where I had to be real defensive and and um and fight. So for me, like that responsibility of 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 being proud that I'm Asian and 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 going against whatever narratives and, and stereotypes that you know those white kids had. I fought. I stood up. I stood up as as that Asian kid, the only Asian kid in the school, the only Asian kid and family in the town. Like I didn't care. I I I picked my head up and I was like, I got to do this because 
if I don't, then um, people are just going to kick me around and, and beat my ass all the time just because I'm Asian. And, and um, yeah, from then on, like, I, I guess responsible in that sense and, and, and me being myself and, and true to who I am, like, I learned at that age, at, at that time. Responsible was, like, I guess uh, working and, and knowing that um, I have to discipline myself because there has to be some type of form of lesson in and work, um, being able to help my family whenever they need it uh, with their business or, or, or being responsible as I, sh I should know how to do some things when it comes to um, taking care of um, little things around the house, like building, building things, fixing things, uh, working hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, run. 13, 13, 14. Wow. Wow. That, 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 you, let me tell you, your responses be answering like future questions. And I'm like, you, like, you showed, you must listen to the show. You're killing it, man. Once there's no right or wrong, but you are, thank you so much for sharing with us, Paul. So, whew. And hey, I appreciate you standing up too. That's what it takes. <laughs> With the Marshawn list, sometimes you just got to run through somebody's face. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep running through their face. But they going to get tired of that stuff. Like, let me tell you that. Oh, man. So, what? So, let's say if you didn't handle business, if you were disobeyed, how are you disciplined growing up? Oh, we catch the stick. Mm. We catch we catch the hand. Catch the back of the hand. Uh, I catch mom's rubber slippers um yeah uh, it's physical um and I, and I smile because like i know today that ain't that won't get a pass um but back then i'm gonna tell you the truth like it it definitely worked um um but yeah that's how that's how discipline was um in the asian culture we don't believe in getting grounded or or timeout that don't work. <laughs> timeout is only because you're crying <laughs> after after getting hit. <laughs> I know I'm laughing at that. <laughs> I'm laughing at that. It's the truth. It's like the only timeout you get in is because because you're crying for not listening to your parents. That's that's the only timeout you're getting. Um, grounded is like I don't, we were never grounded. Honestly, like yeah, that was that was it. It was like you listen or I'm gonna make you listen. That was. I was just that. I'm doing my child welfare series right now. <laughs> and, and we, I'm sorry, so I'm sorry for that. But he ain't, he ain't lying. This is, hey, there's no right. This is just the truth. This is the truth, y'all. This is what y'all hear. This is what you get with everything culture. This you get with the people. Yeah. This is how it is, okay? But when he said, when Paul said, first of all, he said, you can catch the stick. I never heard that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then when he back doors, like, I'm telling you, you got time out is when you're crying. I like, dang, that, 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 that is, that's exactly how it is. It's like, I'm gonna give you some time to get that out. That was, and you may have to give, I'm not done yet either. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was real. It was real. It was emotional like, emotional damage. It was, <laughs> it is, it is emotional damage for real. Um, yeah, it was, it was like that. I remember uh, one time my brother and my cousin and I were just kids. We're having fun running around upstairs, right? And um, and I felt bad for my brother because he wasn't even running around with us. He, he was going to join us because we're just having fun. We're kids. And my dad, he was mad. 
because I guess he was on a call or something. He was doing something. He was on the phone. And he came out and he was telling, he was just yelling like, stop running. And, you know, we were kids. We were just running around, still having fun. And um, he, uh, oh man, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because my brother and I, we talk about this all the time, but he, he straight, he didn't, he didn't have anything in his reach to grab to like try to catch us. And my brother, like, m- mind you, like my brother, he didn't join us yet. He was just like, oh, I'm, no, I'm going to join y'all. And then, so my dad pulled out, he pulled off uh, at that time, you know, line, uh, uh, phones, how they had the, um, the line cord, yeah, extension cords, yeah, right? Yes. So he straight up, he unplugged the extension cord on his phone, and just straight up, wow, whipped my brother. And I felt bad because I was like, dang, like my brother didn't even, didn't even get to have fun yet. But yeah, like that's that's how it was. Like he just straight up, see, that was it. You don't listen, like you don't get a warning. The warning is like it's already too late. See this, see this. I be trying to tell our folks are in the. Uh, a black American culture, okay, African American, American descendant of slave, how you want to put it. We, it's a term that's been said. It, when situations like that happen to your brother, he's getting it for old and for new. That means you didn't have to do nothing. Oh, or even in that, yeah. even in the old, if I didn't catch you for something, you probably deserved it. And it's uh, like, what kind of manipulative? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it worked. It definitely, it, it definitely worked. So it's like. You don't want to cross the line to make your parents mad. To make my, I we didn't want to cross the line. Yeah, yeah. To even make, to even make them have the thought of being mad because it was we're we're in fear, like in discipline. Discipline isn't like we're trying to get hit. Yeah. Hey, y'all. This is the making support daily <laughs> with everything cultures. <laughs> I understand. So, jump to our next question. So what are and what were your beliefs? What were and what what were and what are my beliefs? Yes, Ooh, yes, that's sir. good. I'm glad that you asked that. I'm glad that you asked that. Um so I grew up in a Christian home. Um whew, ever since I was born. That's that's all I knew was I grew up in well Christian home. I grew up in a home that went to church every Sunday. Um, yeah, let's let's say it like that. I, I grew up in a church. I grew up in a home that went to church every Sunday. Mm. So, as a child into teen, young adult years, um, I would say that I was a Christian. Um, I'm still a Christian. Uh, I would say that I was a Christian because we went to church every Sunday. Um, so that was that was a routine thing. Every Sunday, went to church. Um, I didn't know. I didn't really know what it was for me, though. You know, uh, as a kid, and growing up over the years, it it was a life experience for me to realize, even even connecting with friends, that not everybody went to church. <laughs> not everybody went to church. Not not everybody went to Sunday school, and um. It was it was tough, honestly. It was tough until my young adult years, until where I started really challenging the foundation of my beliefs, mm. and that required me to go back to when I was a kid. That's what I'm saying. I grew up in a home that went to church, and my parents, yeah, they're you know they're, they're Christian, they love God, 
They truly do. Um, but it made me explore um, the way that I was raised to know God, Christianity, Jesus. Um, and then the way that I grew up and how I had to explore and learn those things on my own. Yeah. As a as a man and in the world. Yeah. Um, and it was very conflicting. Very conflicting. Very conflicting because when I didn't when I didn't go as deep and challenge, I don't I don't like to say challenging because it was like trying to prove it wrong, but challenges and trying to understand why I believe in God, why why I believe in Jesus, why 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 I consider myself a believer and a follower and, and truly know that, that I receive salvation like through through Jesus, through Christ. It it required me to do a lot of digging to where it's like it's not about the Bible verses that you remember in Sunday school. Um, but how about the life that you lived? And how much of the life that you lived to really reflect those actions and and you living out to reflect Christ's love and grace in you and to to the people that's around you, to your community, to your friends, and to the people you love and, and even to yourself in the places that no one knows. And that was the part that that really I would say definitely forced me to explore more of those beliefs um, so I was a child I was a kid in a home that went to church and then I fell off I would say in my road to Damascus which is super Christian reference um, but it really was I, I fell off into my desert where um, I didn't I didn't believe mm. um, and I know that people are watching this are probably going to be shocked because there's only a couple of people that I, I talked to um, about it in that phase where I went off and and tried to live in a day and world where I just didn't pray, didn't want to talk to God. Everything that happened, I, I wasn't, I wasn't praying for a way out. I wasn't praying for perspective. I wasn't praying for insight. I was just trying to view it from how the world's supposed to view it as, you know. And and coming to find out, like, um, I went through that revelation in my life where I was like, as much as I tried to live my life away from God was who Christ was and what I grew up to know Christ and God as I couldn't I couldn't because and I wouldn't say that it's because I grew up in, in a home that went to church but I grew up in a Christian home where my parents truly did love Christ and, and truly did truly do love Christ and truly do follow and truly do pray read and, and try to seek after after the Lord um, to realize that the voices in my head this is crazy because it makes me sound crazy the voices in my head there's a lot of voices where it's me 
and I guess it's me as in the flesh and and what I can what what I consume from the world, uh-huh. and then there's voices where it's me, but it's not me, where there's conviction in the weight of what I'm hearing, and the conviction in the weight of what I'm hearing is totally different to where sometimes when I hear certain voices or certain things or certain thoughts, I ask like, where's this coming from? Because um, I'm around more of the world and and my own thoughts of of what pleasures me or my flesh to where at those moments where I hear the other thoughts where it's like, where's this coming from? Because I wouldn't think of anything like this. And I was able, that was, that was what made me more wise or not wise, but more understanding of discerning the voice of spirit and and from from understanding the words that i i pray from when i read scripture or bible is different than the words that i hear from the world that try to pray on me so yeah now i would say today yeah i'm a christian like i i i believe in jesus i i i'm not perfect by any means never um, will be yeah never will be but I think that's the beauty of it is is to realize that like Christ doesn't call us to be perfect as me as a man. Christ doesn't call me to be perfect as a man in this world, but Christ made me perfect in the way that he came into the world um, so that I can continue to live and try to be more like him in this world. And yeah, I mean, I love Jesus, man. Hey, I love it. <laughs> he got me over here like this man pray because he be looked. He's looked at his ass pray. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no facts. That's true. Okay, That's true. For real. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Like in that journey, a lot of people relate. You, you'll be surprised. Um, not only the person you're talking to right now, and the many people that's listening right now that relate to everything you just said that journey that on road of Damascus like it is a don't feel bad just keep walking <laughs> that's all I gotta say yeah wow yeah so following our next question how you feeling I'm good okay good. we're halfway through okay okay so give give me three recommendations a book mm. a movie and a television series ooh book Okay, okay. A book. What was it again? A book, a book, a movie, a movie, and a television series. Oh man, what would you recommend? Ooh, a book first. I'm, I'm again. I'm not trying to sound Christian at all, uh, but definitely the Bible. Um, it's crazy. It is the Bible is just crazy. Um, even if you read it as a book, go ahead. Like I, I recommend. I truly recommend people to just read it. Read it and and think about it. Think about it. If if you're a believer, read it and and really prepare your heart so that, that that God could speak to you through His Word. But at the same time, if like read it again as just a book, and you see so many things in there, references, Drama, action, yes, yes, betrayal, yes, like it's it's. I always look at that was like one. It's so much happens, and it still happens to this day. You can mm-hmm. find something you can relate to. So many, what was it, parables that's in there, and it's people 
I tell you this, this is real life people that people experience. Like I was telling Joe, I, you know, this is the makers of Paul, by the way. <laughs> but I was talking about like David and Goliath. Mm. I would thought Goliath was like a monster, like a mm. cyclops or something. <laughs> no, the Goliath was just a big dude. You know, he was like six four. He was like six four and just really strong. And I'm like, and then you got to go against that. And it's just like people who deal with those type of things all the time, still to this day. But if you just take the time and read how things are put together, the the, the I, I played Joseph in the play one year, and I, I remember the director of the church play was like, "Hey, I need you to pretend like you are Joseph." I like, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know, when you really look into it, you know, Joseph wasn't cool with it. Mm-hmm. Like Joseph was just like every like, a lot of us in flesh is like, "Girl, get it. You better get out. Bye." Get out. And once again, this is, hey, this is our show. This is our conversation. This is your show. This is your conversation. Hope you don't mind me. Oh, no, of course. No, no, no. Go but ahead. It was like, you know, and the thing is back then, if she was known to be pregnant, Mary, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't support it, he didn't protect mm-hmm. her because really Joseph was a big deal because they would have killed her. And like, yeah. we look, I look at society now, how people try to shame people and try, it's a new way of stoning yeah. individuals and just bring them. And we still, once again, the story is still happening. If we just look at the book, we can see how grace and yeah. faith and relationship, how we really can avert a lot of these issues that we have. But mm-hmm. I digress. This is the book yeah. of Paul, though. So <laughs> we got the Bible for the book. The, the, the Bible, um, outside of that, if you don't want to read the Bible, um, that's, that's okay too, you know? I know it's challenging for a lot of people too, and that's fine. Um, but Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits, um, The Alchemist. Mm. Um, Someone recently told me about The Alchemist. Oh man, it's good. It's good. There's a lot of good, a lot of good parables in there. If you if you if you really go back and, and read about journeys and 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 yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, man, this is a lot. I just, I can't, I can't sort through to think of. But those, those two. I, I read The Alchemist a long time ago when I was in in college, and um, I didn't think about it a lot until reading it again. Um, well, like a year and a half, two years ago, and I was like, oh whoa, like how did I miss all of this stuff mm-hmm. when I was in you know college? But at the same time, like if if you read the book, you'll see some parts too that. To me, it spoke to me because I was like, oh, yeah, like I at that time of my life, like I just wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. And the Atomic Habits, because that that really is great. Um, I'm all about uh, establishing discipline, uh, discipline as in uh, personal discipline and self growth and, and, and reaching goals that you have. Um, so that's that's a great book for reference and all that. Um. Okay, I'll just move on to uh, to movies. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, movies. Oh man, I'm telling you, if you had like, hey, if you're talking to a young person uh-huh. or a person that's like, let's say, 18, 19, getting ready for you, like, you need to watch this movie. This movie either can change you, make you smile, or you know, it's it's an, it's an impact in my life. Coach Carter's one for sure. Coach Carter. Coach Carter still gives me goosebumps. Um, whenever I see it just play, I, I end up stopping and watching it for a bit because, like, there's certain scenes I'm like, oh, you know, and mm-hmm. that's a good movie. 
Um, television I, series. Yeah, I, television series. I'm really... I like a lot of like comedy and like Come on. like rom com stuff too recently. Just really? like weird because I never I was never into that. Or like reality things. I was never into that, but I don't know. I guess there's something about reality shows like I like watching people's problems. <laughs> I I I mean it <laughs> I mean it in another perspective where like I I I like awkward moments, I guess, and reality shows like show that. So uh that um yeah like one thing that i really watched a lot growing up that was a tv series was dave Chappelle. hey <laughs> i watched that a lot when i was a kid like that was just always on um what else there's definitely support with everything culture <laughs> a lot like you don't know how much i have on this sound board it's from the Chappelle oh. show but i have to forget you know that's like 20 years old but yeah. man it's like get it oh <laughs> but it's classic it's timeless yeah yeah those are dope recommendations so um bible the alchemist on uh, atomic was atomic it? habits atomic habits mm-hmm. um the film would be coach carter coach carter and the series television series is the Chappelle Chappelle. show i mean i i used to watch cartoons and stuff i used to be like big into dragon ball z um, I think I've, I'm watching it now again, and like Naruto only because my nephew and my niece yeah, watch yeah, it, so yeah. it's really nostalgic. Yes, so it's like cool, like, and and it goes back to again. It's like man, I those are the childhood memories though of good times. So I I watched it with with my brother and my friends, and we loved it. Yeah. Um. So reliving that moment with my nephew and my niece, like it's real wholesome, you know. Oh man, you see. Okay, that that's that's a perspective I didn't even think of. Recently. Oh, <laughs> so for instance, with not only watching it with your family and spreading spreading on, you know, to the the future generations, but you know, we were taught as being black, and we we'll bring you back on to have more in depth conversation about being Asian. Were you ever bullied by watching anime, anything of that nature? Yeah, really, yeah. Okay, okay, see, that's what we got to come back home because it was like being in our community and, and like in the years we came up, like what, 2000, 2000, and well, no, two, I was 2004, so you'd be 2000, like seven, 2008. Mm. Like, like anime was not, you know, popular like it is now, like mm. well reception in schools. Yeah. So I'm it like, yo. crazy. It, like I heard some folks say, "Oh, I never thought about it like that from the Asian community." Because I'm like, "Yeah, not nah, we never mess with." It. But I was like, "Nah, you coming from where I'm from? You know, you was gonna go through it." <laughs> and yeah, we um, I remember getting picked on, yeah, um, because of how my hair was, because of an anime, or because like, oh, I just all these crazy things. Like, even some people trying to imitate like you know voices, Ugh. or like, you know. The way someone's like dialect is when it's hard for them to speak English, you know, like just like those things, like that would always come up for sure. I know, I know. I was looking at it like it's it's gonna happen. That's gonna be a conversation for the future, though. And how do we maneuver through those processes? Okay, okay. So you had a magic phone, and on this magic phone, you can call anyone, anything. Rather people you people that you know, people mm. that you've known, um, people that you've never met, 
um, if people are even fictional, who would you call? Mm. You got three people. Three people. Yes. I'm not trying to be religious again, or I don't consider myself religious, but I, I don't want to be too Christian again. You um, are what you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first one, hands down, I would definitely call it Jesus. I would definitely call it Jesus. Second person, my grandpa, who passed away. Um, third person, my homie Calvin. Um, my homie Calvin passed away when we were young, too. Mm. Wow. Well, I appreciate you for your three. Uh, you know, hope those are good conversations. You know, the ones you don't want to get off the phone with. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you. So, Paul, what's your theme song? Ooh. Theme song. Yeah. Uh, um, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Um, man, one song. No, oh, yeah, hey, hey, give me, you, hey, this is your show. Oh. <laughs> How many other? Maybe you got an intro and an outro. Let oh, us okay. know if you had a sitcom. Uh-huh. What would be your theme song? You getting up in the morning? You rolling that? Okay. Oh, in the morning. Oh man, I would say Nas. I listen to a lot of Nas. Um, mm. I started listening to Nas again. I, I went through a couple of years where I just stopped listening to hip hop when I stopped making music. Yeah. Um, a Nas. One song would be, uh, man, represent. Another song would be, um, man, H to the Izzo, mm. my hove or Jay Z. Um, you can give us a song when you're coming back in too. When the when the you know you headed in for the day, or you you know you headed to a workout. Oh, for the workout, man, that's the crazy thing. Is like you know when I go to workout, I don't even listen to songs. I listen I listen to like podcasts now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hope you listen to one particular. Oh, for sure, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um. Okay, uh, I would say, man, a lot of old or hip hop in general. J Electronica, artists. Mm-hmm. I'll list artists, all right? It's too hard for me to list songs. I feel it, you, it really I feel is. You. It really I is too hard for me to list songs. Um, J Electronica, Nas, Jay Z. Um, that's like just just for me to get try to get amped up. Mm-hmm. Um, Souls of Mischief, Wu Tang, um, Mariah Carey. Hey, hey, man! Hey. <laughs> um, I've been I've been on this EDM thing lately, um, just because like I'm really fascinated by how DJs are able to control crowds. So I started listening to some some EDM too. That's a whole another conversation. It yeah, it's crazy. Like, music is yeah powerful that would take up a, a whole nother podcast that's what i'm telling you that's what we ain't i'm looking at i like because we t- <laughs> um yeah i guess I, yeah i can't okay. list songs i'm sorry artists no, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> this, your thing. this is the makers of paul so paul how would you define joy Ooh, joy i would define joy as of course being happy um, a sense of fulfillment, uh, but also all of those things, even at the times of the hardest moments, uh, because that's when you need joy the most. 
you know, and yeah, I would say it's it's peace, like peace, happiness, love, yeah, like all these things are all joy and 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 hopefully all these things sustained through through the tough times. That's true joy. I, I I to me personally, true joy is for it being able to outlast the the storms and and all those waves in life that that try to knock you down and drown you. Wow, love it, love it, love it. Who represents your community of support? Who represents my community of support? Yes. Um, yeah. Most of my mentors. Um, community support is in. Yeah, my mentors. Give us some names if you don't mind. Um, one of my mentors that I'm, I'm really uh, has really helped me through through a lot is um, Matt Akubo. Art Grady, Will. I don't want to say his last name because he doesn't want me to say his last name. Uh, I just want them to know that you're, you know, they they are recognized by you. Once they listen to this, I want them to know, like, hey, you consider them in life. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I, I got, I have to say, uh, my brother Diego, definitely. Definitely my brother Diego, he, he definitely um he challenges me, man. Spiritually, personally. He does that for the community, honestly. Yeah. Um Yeah. Man, this is it's crazy. It's crazy when you ask, right? Yeah. I, I it's crazy when you ask because like now I'm like just going through people that there's a lot of people that made impact for sure. And I don't want to feel like the people that I don't list don't. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's hard because I've, I, I guess I'm like so comfortable and, and, and that's bad. Like being, being comfortable and, and knowing that, that they're there to, to uplift me and uplift community and, and that I can lean on them. But yeah, it's, it's hard because I want to list a lot of people, man, but, but I can't. <laughs> we were talking about what you could do after the show. We were like, "Cause this is this is the makings of Paul." This is, it, it doesn't stop here. I want people to know it doesn't stop here. But love it, love it. Okay. How does your culture, or community, recognize death, or when someone passes? What are some of the traditions you all have? This is interesting in the Mian community. Um, so the Mian, a lot of the Mian, they, they're Taoist. Um, so Taoism, they, they pay respect and, and they pay respect and like worship to their ancestors. Um, and then my family though, um, or in the community that I grew up with, they're, they're Christian. Yeah, um, but it's crazy because death does great things in bringing people together. So when a funeral happens, and let's say I have family who are Taoist, Buddhist, um, and they have family Christian, they come together, and 
can see you can see peace despite beliefs right because it's about family and love and 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 being able to support each other through through grieving um, but in the Taoist side what they do is when someone passes away they do a ceremony by a shaman the shaman comes in and um, only this elected shaman or I guess they call it a, a high priest or one of the shamans and the elders in the community where he has to be there because only he can communicate um, certain and he can only conduct and conduct certain rituals and communicate prayers or or offerings or sacrifices yeah. and what they usually do is they have um, they burn like um, we call it like uh, incense sage sage Yes, they would burn that. They would burn other things, and they they'd burn money. So they would burn money, and they they'd also have a community where they give money. So this is the cool thing that I really love about the Mian communities that, despite being Christian, despite being Taoist, Buddhist, whatever, um, there's a there's a community where they come together and they contribute money to help towards um, like deaths, burials, like just in support. Yeah, and support yeah. and i think that's really cool that's really unique um because i i, I mean for me i never really realized how expensive mm. all of that is yeah so it's cool to, to have you know support for the community um so yeah going back to the the, the main community that are, are Taoists or buddhists they they do the sacrificial offerings um they have people come together eat together um that usually lasts as like Three, four days, week, weeks. Of course, you know, during Asian functions, Asians love drinking. So, you know, they eat together, they drink together, they they gamble. And gamble isn't like they either play cards, they play like dice, or they have like this, I don't know what this is, but like this, I'm, I'm thinking this comes from a, a, a Chinese background because Mian people are like indigenous Chinese. Yeah. So it's like this like marble and like checkers i don't know how they play i watch it. it's interesting because they, they they play and they like gamble for money um it's that, not backgammon is it no no marble they use dice for backgammon it's I, like marbles and like it's it's a bunch of things is it like on the star is it like five is like is it five different points oh Okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so you about to make me look it up now. You about to make me look it up. Yeah, no, no. I, when I find out, I'm gonna send it to you. Please, please. Yeah, please. but they do all that. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 crazy though, cause like there's so much love in like, all that. You, you just see it, like, and um, a lot of people are just coming together. So there's there's definitely love in in in, in grieving and death. And then from the Christian side, like, um. You know, same thing. Families come over. Sometimes it lasts like a week, weeks. You know, you have you have uh, distant families. They sometimes they stay. They stay and they, they stay with the family to 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 show them support as they're mourning, grieving. They cook for them. Um, they cook and and a bunch of people like from all over the community come to the house. So you have all these people just like eating for days and like you cook food. The family, um, whoever the host is, like they they cook food to. They continue to feed the fan. The family are welcome to stay there as long as they want. So it's like it goes 
from when the death, I guess, the death, like, when it occurred, and when people start coming over, like, the time that people leave your house is, like, sometimes people just leave at, like, 3, 4 in the morning. But yeah. Like, it, it's just, it, yeah, it's just, it's an ongoing event. No, thank you. Thank you. Ooh, can't relate to that. So, <laughs> so I know time is, I know you're looking at the clock or anything, yeah. but I'm going to hit you with a few more questions. Okay. Okay. So, um, if you could do anything in the world and you, like, money wasn't an issue, like, you're wealthy, as long as you kept this one job, this one career, what would you do? One job, one career? Mm-hmm. You could do anything you wanted to do, but you had to do it. That's your thing. I would be a clinical psychologist. Ooh, okay. But okay. to focus on um, counseling, traumatic. Well, yeah. Well, no. Let's just leave that clinical psychologist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next question. This is uh, would you rather? Would you rather go back in time and speak to your younger self, or would you rather for your future self come and talk to you now? Wow. Dang. Yeah. Um, I'd rather go back in time mm. and speak to my younger self. What age would you go to? Eight years old. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. How do you relax? How do I relax? Yeah. Ooh, man, that's hard for me. I know. <laughs> it's very hard for me. Um, I'm always doing something. That's um, why it took you almost three years yeah. to come up. What did you say? Thank you for coming. <laughs> and that's why I was saying you got to do something else right after this. So I'm like, how do you relax? Um, this might sound weird, but even working out helps me to relax. Um, if I don't do that, then relax and spending time with family mm. for sure spending time with family love it love it love it love it okay if you had a meal that you can get at any time at the snap of your fingers Woo-hoo. what would it be and who would prepare it for you well for one your brisket because i still haven't had it yet shut up yeah shut up yes because i'm you- always i'm always fasting you're not, you're, fa- you're not fasted this week, are you? No. Okay, I'm gonna make one. I was gonna <laughs> make one. I actually I was gonna make one today. Oh, I actually was gonna make it today. Your brisket, man. Man, you missed the potluck. Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> your brisket for sure. Um, another meal, um, pot kapow. Pot kapow is like this rice dish in Thailand, um, and it's just like minced meat with an egg that's like. Like it's not scrambled, it's um just fried. Yeah. Like a yeah. fried egg. But it's all in the pepper though. The pepper, oh my god, it's crack. Um I would well I would have to prepare that lady that was down just down at the shop that was just down in the hotel that saw me every single day for a month when I was in Thailand. <laughs> just for real. That was I was good. Yeah. Wow, love it, love it. Shout out to that lady. Okay. What's your favorite holiday? Ooh, favorite holiday. Man, that's hard. 
It's hard. An answer is also, I don't know. That's always an answer. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell people, like, if you don't know, that's absolutely fine. Okay. We got the last few questions here. Okay. How would you want people to remember you? I would want people to remember me as the person in their life who just loved them. Like regardless, like love them regardless of we could have we could have had a fallout, we could have anything, anything that happened. Like for them for them to remember that I was there to love them, do everything, um, and and they're cheerleaders. Honestly, yeah. I'm always cheering for for past friends. I say past friends because. Maybe, you know, we got busy in life and we don't communicate as much anymore. But to remember as a cheerleader, because I just want to see everybody win. Real talk. And, yeah, that's I want to be that dude that people know that I was just always there to love them, um, regardless no matter how, how long. And that if I'm here or not, like, hopefully that love, support, that belief in them. Uh, for them to get to wherever they're trying to get to in life, that, that transcends, and they could hold on to that and, and keep going on like, with all of that, and and to believe that for themselves. But, yeah, love it, love it, love <laughs> it. Okay, what are you doing differently than your parents? Um, I would definitely say going back, exploring therapy, counseling, and working through traumatic things um, that have happened in my life. Um, I'm not one-tenth, I'm not anything close to what, um, and I say this as in, I would never be able to go through any of the experiences that my parents have have gone through to get mm. to here, to get to America, mm. to, to raising kids, to raising kids to find out what they wanted to do with their life. And, and I feel bad because they never had the time to um, to ex- to seek you know counseling and and help to work through the traumas that they had to, to, to go through to get here yeah so I would definitely say that's the one thing that I know you know that I'm doing that that my parents didn't do oh, that's beautiful bro thank you all right what changes do you want to see in your culture Unity, love, peace. And when I say unity, I would say unity is in um, coming together without gossip. Mm. Huh? <laughs> coming together without gossip, coming together without anything to gossip. Um, yeah, man. I would love to see that. I would. I, I really hope there's a day that I will see that. Hey, support that. And the last question we have for you right now, Paul, is how can we support you? Ooh. How can the Everything Culture community support you? By continuing to try and and do this. I think this is amazing, man. Uh, again, connecting with 
authentic people. Everyone's authentic. But I think that we have to we have to truly continue to live authentic. Yeah. And and that's hard work. That's hard work, but it's through authentic and vulnerable conversations like this that bring so many communities and so many people together to uplift each other. Not not just to show, you know, differences, but to show that these differences bring unity. And I say unity isn't dang like that was their upbringing. That's how they grew up in that culture. But to bring unity in a sense like, oh, wow, like I could connect with this person because I've been through similar things. Yeah. And and I could uplift this person because I'm going through this too. And and it gives another perspective and insight to where we can help each other grow. Um, but to support me, I mean, man, like y'all are, you already doing it. Uh, <laughs> you are, you really are. Like, uh, it's again, it's a blessing to be on here and 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 to have this conversation with you. And to hopefully, you know, I hope that it really helps whoever's listening and watching too. Um, but continue to just love and help people. Like, I, I guess that's that's the best way to, to help me. Um, because that's what I want to do for, for you and for everyone too, is, is just to love on people because the world needs it, man. The world needs it more than oh, ever right now. That, that was like... It's crazy, the connection, man. <laughs> now, I don't know if you ever listened to my episode, but that's almost exactly what I said. It's a song by the name um, Stevie Wonder, Love is in the Need of Love. Mm. And when I say that's what's like the longest, it's so wild. But hey, man, you did it. You've done it. <laughs> you completed the making oh. of everything culture. Congratulations, man. Oh, man. You made it through. So, you know, you can look in this camera right here. If the people are looking for you and you're trying to be found, where can the people find you? Ooh. Um, I'm on some social media platforms. I'm on Instagram, um, mainly on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram handle is at hi underscore Saley. Saley is S-A-Y-L-E-E. Uh, Facebook is Paul Saley. And if you're trying to find me, you can find me at the gym all the time. Already, <laughs> already. Hey, this man, he's also a trainer. I don't know if he's still in it right now. So if you need some help, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Pile it on. You know, he'll get you right. I'll, oh, man, I may have to show his before, his kid picture oh. back in the day. Like, I didn't even know about it. I was like, this man, testimony. <laughs> I'm still working on mine. But, hey, I want to say thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Um, you are truly a blessing. I'm happy to have met you in life, man, and continue to call you hey, a friend and a confidant. And, hey, looking for so much more. So, I want to say thank you again. And usually I don't leave our mission statement um, on the makings of you, but I'm going to do it for you because, you know, it, it, it hopefully just rings and touches someone. But uh, our mission statement comes to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And that is he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because of segregation. Because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So this podcast has been built on the pillars of respect, communication, and consistency so we can get to know each other, so we can love one another. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you all. Thank you, Paul. And God bless. Peace.